Warning, we are a spoilers-based podcast. At times we can be offensive, and we are most certainly a verbally explicit podcast, and you have heard all this bullshit before, over and over and over again. We are 150 episodes deep, and we are going to go ahead and fall back on a few episodes over the next few weeks that we didn't quite get out last year. Sit back and listen to us tear apart our movie of the week, Zero Boys, and in a few weeks... Starting around the end of March, we should have a few fresh episodes for you, but until then, you have been warned. Do you know that time late in the evening when you're looking through Netflix, Hulu, Prime, anywhere that you might go to look for movies, and you're looking for a really, really good film, and occasionally you'll fall back on a podcast to tell you about a great film so that you can go and you can watch it because now you have a little bit of background on that film. This is not that podcast. We're watching shit tonight. We're actually going to sit down and discuss Zero Boys. Yeah, no, it was shit. (laughs) The fucking streaming service is shit. Why does this exist? And I call bullshit on your whole theory that this girl is, like, always the one that gets left behind as an actress. She's still acting to this day. Okay, fine. You can call bullshit on me all. Fine. Fine. This movie had a lot going for it. A lot going for it. First of all, you got to watch it through the shitty Tubi site, right? You got to do that. I have a Blu-ray of this movie. I spent money for this. So... Yeah, I don't understand why you would spend money on this. This is not worth money. This isn't even worth fucking cents. I love really, really bad movies in this kind of ranks. Ranks really high as a bad movie. Uh, And emphasis on the word high because somebody definitely was making this. The reason I say this film had a lot going for it is it had several different elements. Uh, You know, uh, Kelly uh, Maroney, she's been in several films and she's done a fantastic job. I liked her in Chopping Mall. You know, she's been in a lot of different things that I've seen. One of my favorite films with her is actually Night of the Comet. Uh, Night of the Comet, I don't know if you've actually gotten to see that yet. But you it's, already know I haven't watched it yet. It's sort of a pseudo-zombie movie where basically these people, the only reason they survive is because they got trapped in like a lead-lined box of some sort wherever they were. One girl passed out in a shed. The other person huh? passed out in a uh, lead-lined box for the movie theater, yada, yada, yada. That's the only reason they survived. And this comet came by and basically turned everybody into zombies. Those who okay. uh, those who weren't completely and utterly vaporized into dust by the radiation from the comet. Alrighty then. That being said, one of my favorite movies with her in it. This, on the other hand, will go down as the worst film I have ever seen her in. No, it, it was pretty bad. Acting's bad. The script was bad. There's they threw in bad like random fucking like homophobic jokes and there's a couple like really weird like awkwardly sexually assaulty kind of moments and fucking i just eh. well i don't want to justify the jokes but it was also the 80s and so there the pc police wasn't come they weren't coming out in in, for these b movies going no you can't say that you can't do this nobody can do these things okay so before we get further in this you guys are going to hear Fredo, like, trying to whisper, but failing miserably because he can't seem to shut the fuck up and stop talking shit to his buddies on fucking Warzone. Fredo, uh, as you might know, this is Miss B's boyfriend. And whenever Miss B records at home, we run the risk of having a little bit of Fredo interference. I mean, to be fair, it is his room, but still... We're asking you for an hour during the week. Just an hour. I don't know if you heard that, but he's over here... Sorry. Yeah. No, I heard the I, sorry. I, that's the thing, though. I don't know if he's saying it to us or the fucking assholes on Warzone. Well, enjoy, hopefully he enjoys his game and uh, buttons his lip. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so, like I was saying, this had a couple of things going for it. First of all, in ca- unless you unless you uh, have watched the film before, you might not have noticed that a large portion of this uh, movie was actually filmed on the exact same set that Friday the 13th Part 3 was re- uh recorded oh you were telling me about that at the cafe exactly uh it was it was and i i like the fact that one of the actors the villains the the bad guys at the end of the movie is actually running around with a machete but he kind of looks like he's half drunk half drunk 
Well, I would say half drunk, but the other half is... He looks is... like he wakes up and starts drinking moonshine. It, it's entirely possible. Did you hear these guys, what little they did talk? How they exactly. talked? Yeah, there's definitely moonshine involved of some sort. If not, just Absolutely. straight gasoline. <laughs> I wouldn't fucking doubt it. So, this film also had going for it one of the most famous composers of all time, Hans Zimmer, did the music for this movie. Hans Zimmer has won numerous awards for his composition. He is probably one of the most, uh, I was going to say prolific, one of the most prolific composers out there. I mean, he has been in everything. Most recent movies, like he's done Dunkirk. And I, I'm sorry. I think I need to apologize to our listeners ahead uh, ahead of time. I am tripping on my tongue more than I normally would. Chris had a long day. Oh my God, a long day. Ah. Coughing, hacking. I uh, I went and did a little bit of mountain hiking today, and uh, my body. Uh, I was invited. I didn't go. Yeah, I, it, I didn't even end up going to work to do that overtime I said I was going to do. I just stayed home and slept and played a little bit of Minecraft. Oh, now tired. I feel a little insulted. I oh. was tired. Oh, <sighs> I needed to rest. So Hans Zimmer, he's done uh, compositions for films like Gladiator, Inception, Dunkirk. He's worked on The Simpsons. He Just is pretty much everything. I mean, yeah, he's done everything from from producing. He's been, you know, basically additional crew on different movies. He's been an actor in several films. Yeah, yeah. but he's mostly known as uh, as being a composer. He's he's won at least one Oscar for his compositions and just hundreds hundreds of nominations and other awards for the compositions he's done for certain films. That's dope. So, with everything that he's done. And the the stolen setting from Friday the 13th, Part 3. You would think that this movie would have something. Uh, Well, I mean, to be fair, he didn't have control over how the acting and the fucking... The directing was. He just had control over the music. And that wasn't terrible. No, it wasn't terrible. I mean, well, it was overdone... I don't even know how to say what I want to say. The, The... Music itself was not like specifically overdone. It was it was sort of it reminded me of the A Team, the old eighties A Team television show, and all the music <laughs> that played throughout that, uh, which is appropriate for you know this particular time. Yeah, it was it was pure. I don't want to call it garbage, but it was not his best work. But he was also early in his career Honestly, at this, this point. This movie was nobody's best work. I beg to differ. It was probably the best work of literally everybody else in this film that you don't see anymore. Maybe. It's I entirely know. possible. I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> I, I haven't watched a lot of, like, 80s movies. The entire... Which, like, I don't know how to feel about point. it. We're just talking over each other at this point. I know, right? What the fuck, man? <laughs> We're usually fairly well-coordinated today, just not so much. Not so much. Uh, it's been a long week. It has been an exceptionally long week, and to end the week talking about this movie just makes it that much longer. God, and fucking watching this movie was a nightmare. It was fucking terrible. Tubi kept fucking turning off in the middle of the fucking film, and then when I restarted, or like when I went to go play it again, fucking, it it, it, it goddamn fucking wouldn't start from where it left off. That's probably the only reason that I'm thankful that I spent 14 bucks on the Blu-ray. Literally the only reason. Because I didn't have to deal with the commercials. It wouldn't completely disconnect from the Chromecast, though. So it was just kind of a black screen, chilling. Like, what the fuck? (laughs) I mean, all in all, I mean, I'm going to give it a rating outright. I'm not going to wait till the end of the the podcast to sit down and rate this particular film. 2.5. Oh, oh, you're harsh. Oh, are you harsh? Uh, It was not good. Why does that? Ra- why does her boyfriend have a fucking Nazi uniform? I can I can honestly say that I'm very happy that you don't see him any further throughout the entire movie. Like that's it. Just you see him in his Nazi uniform. He the the old trope of betting your girlfriend against the other guy. You know that that was the whole thing. And her being pissed about it, and everybody's kind of like, yeah, I don't like being a, a pawn in your little game. I don't like that yeah, at all. Uh, yeah, fucking girl likes that, and all the guys are like, wait, what? What do you mean? And fucking, like, blatantly ignorant. It's stupid. Blatantly ignorant, yes. So that the, basically the entire opening of the movie, you have Casey, 
who's dressed in a Nazi outfit, and then you have the rest of the guys here, who are basically doing this weekend warrior thing, and they're all running around shooting each other with paintballs, which, by the way, does not sound like paintballs. They do not sound like paintballs at all. They're literal gunshots going off. And so they're running around and they're shooting at each other. And of course, you don't know about the bed at this time. You're just, you, the opening of the movie is just a bunch of kids running around shooting each other, climbing out of trunks in cowboy chaps. And I guess one of the paintballs was like a blood capsule. Because that's what right. trickled down Casey's face. Right. I'm wondering if their paintballs in general were supposed to be blood capsules. I mean, nobody else looked like they got hit by a paintball. Right? Like, you're not seeing oh, no, paintball. There, there was one person that got shot in the back that you saw, like, the paintball explode. I didn't see it. I I, I might have missed that one. Because for the most part... it was kind of, like, pinkish. Pinkish? Yeah. Okay. But for the most part, you're not seeing... You're not getting the idea that these are paintballs at all. You're basically yeah. seeing a bunch of kids running around shooting at each other in what looks like a legitimate, you know... I mean, later on in the movie, they explained that they had... Uh, been practicing with semi-automatic rifles. Modified. So they said they basically had them and modified them to be paintball guns. First of all, where are they hiding the CO2 cartridges? Okay? Because you don't see CO2 cartridges attached to any of these weapons at all that they have modified. Second of all, how all of a sudden are you dealing with semi-automatic live weapons when they at first only had paintball guns? Where did the semi-automatics come from? Do they just keep them on them at all times? Are you literally driving around with an Uzi in your trunk? Yeah, apparently. You gotta suspend your belief in reality for a lot of this stuff. <laughs> it's it's truly bad. The jokes are not good. True. Uh, you know, they're, they're using jokes that were old before this movie even started. Like that one where he's like, let's go to a dark room and see what develops. It's so dumb. I, fucking, and, and like, okay, so later on, after the whole fucking paintball game is over... Right. All, all the kids go out to this fucking cabin in the woods that's on Camp Crystal Lake, apparently. They didn't ex- They didn't go to the cabin in the woods first. They actually went out to some open field to just kind of talk, make out, whatever the hell they were doing. And oh, they heard that girl right. scream, and that's why they went to the cabin. Yeah. But, by far, the mm-hmm. worst line in the they entire movie... They went looking movie, for the scream. Huh? They went looking for the scream and then stumbled upon the house. Right, right, right. See, look, a house over there. Very convenient. Let's uh, go inside. <laughs> no, well, why you, would you go inside a random house? I'm going to bring up two uh, two lines here. First, before they entered the house, did you hear what uh, one of the actors had said just before entering the house? They make a reference to Friday the 13th. So uh, Rip, he's getting ready to go into the house, and he says, Mr. Jason, are you here? Basically referencing that we're aware they're aware that they are recording on the same lot as... Friday the 13th. So they're they're well aware they're reusing scenes or basic yeah. props and, and scenery and everything from Friday the 13th, the movie. And it probably was more apparent to people at that point because the movie was fairly new. So they're, they're using it shortly after Friday the 13th had already used it. But before that, while uh, they're sitting down and then Jamie is they're sitting... They're trying to flex that shit and the movie came out terrible. <laughs> Oh, the movie was... I don't think they ever expected the movie to be good. I don't think it was an expectation. They knew that they had to film the entire movie in 18 days on an already used lot from another movie. You know, I don't think... Oh, God. That sounds terrible. (laughs) I don't think that they thought this was going to be a great movie. I think that they just expected, oh, okay, well, you know, we got to do this, and uh, we're going to do this as quickly and as sloppily as possible. Few. uh... A few takes are going to be uh, just... I mean, if you saw it, they definitely had some takes in here that should have been just cut to begin with. Yeah. I am... I, I still feel the need to apologize. My mind is all over the place, and I'm being really loud. Yeah. Really loud. Good. I'm always loud, but... Anyway, <laughs> Steve's, uh, Steve comes and sits down by uh, Kelly. This is the beginning of them actually talking in a, I guess, the romance. I guess they're... they're She's pissed off at her boyfriend. I'm guessing whatever she's doing is just for revenge against Casey. Oh, no, she she ended up breaking up with Casey. She's like, no, I'm done. This is over. We're done. Right, but even still, I mean, have you ever broken up with somebody and immediately wanted to go and have revenge sex or rebound sex? And she's going to go and have a little relationship with the guy that she was pawned off to, you know? It doesn't make sense, but, you know, whatever. 
from a selfish. He's like he's already acting like he's her boyfriend and shit, and fucking he like gaslights her and shit throughout the entire movie. She started the, the she started it. The first thing that she basically says to him, she he asks her who she is, and she replies, "I'm 19. I was born in Minnesota. I'm in my sophomore year at the university." I'm a straight-A psych major with a minor in speech pathology, sorry, pathology, and one in English. I'm 5'6", love tennis, and I fuck on the first date. Yeah. And she said that with a smile. So, she went from being that nerdy girl in, in Chopping Mall to, uh, I guess the slutty girl in, in this movie? Fuck it. Girl power. Hey, you know, she wasn't the victim in this movie Maybe either. Life, baby. She has a tendency not to play the victim. Lately, as far as I can see, anyway. This movie also stars Joe Estevez, the brother of Martin Sheen. Okay. That's Emilio and uh, Charlie Sheen's uh, uncle, I guess. So I guess they used him because of his likeness to Martin Sheen. Yeah. Uh, That's much later on in the movie. We don't run across the hillbillies till much later on. So we've we've kind of gone ahead and run across this cabin. Doesn't make any fucking sense to me. Like, why random fucking? Middle-of-the-woods hillbillies. Why not make it fucking this girl's angry, heartbroken boyfriend? That's what I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be Casey go out out to kill them. Instead of this found-footage torture porn in the middle of the barn. We're still jumping ahead here. So these numbnuts see a spooky cabin in the woods. They've just heard a girl scream. And, much like any horror movie that you see from the 80s, what do you do when you hear a scream and you find a spooky cabin in the woods? Not only are we going to stay, we're going to go to this place and we're going to stay. Yeah, it's always the fucking white people. I actually... It's always the fucking white people. I don't think I saw anything but white people in this movie. This movie was completely whitewashed. Yep. Like, completely. Yep. Yep. Okay, so... (laughs) They decide they're going to stay there, much uh, much to the chagrin of Steve. Steve was like, okay, we'll stay here for a little bit, but this is somebody else's property. We shouldn't hang around. And then... Things progress, and they decide not only are we going to hang around, but we're going to go and fuck in the upstairs bedroom. You know, this whoever this was was expecting guests, and uh, they've decided we're going to go. We're going to go fuck in the upstairs bedrooms, play in the bathtub. You know, we're just going to light a fire. Everything. You know. Yeah, we're uh, going to get drunk and hang out and fucking just shoot the shit and whatever, and fuck the people that actually live here. They just really. heard a blood curdling <laughs> scream from this area. And they're going to go party in some random person's cabin. Right. Immediately, what they've done is they've killed themselves, or so you'd think. So, you're going throughout the movie, the lights go out, the telephone goes out, the car goes dead, they can't turn it over, and you hear the scream again. And then you see, like, the shadows of, like, random guys with a machete just standing off in the distance with all this fog and shit, and fucking... This girl is super fucking, like, nonchalant about it. Hey, Steve, can you come over here? There's just sort of a guy holding a really big knife over there. And by the time he comes over, the guy's gone. Yeah. And he starts gaslighting. He's like, oh. So nobody believed her about the the, the dead serial, or not the dead serial killer, but the serial killer with the knife. And as things go on and you hear the screams again, they, they decide... Okay, he, the, the guys decide, we're going to go to the barn with guns, and we're going to go try to figure this out. And they leave the girls behind, push this trunk up against the door. We're going to do that. That has a body in it. Right. We don't know that yet. We don't they know that yet. The guys... Go- this trunk is so heavy, and then they look inside. They're like... But the thing is, is that the girl who was just gaslighted by Steve just a few moments ago, uh, Jamie, she's yeah. sitting here picking on... The other girl that's about to open the trunk, basically, like, ooh, what do you think, there's a serial killer inside? Just poking <laughs> yeah. at her. It's like two seconds ago, nobody believed you about the guy with the knife in the woods, and now you're picking on this girl. Right? Doesn't make sense. And they open the trunk, and for a brief moment, very brief moment, like split second, you see a girl with a little bit of blood on her face, kind of eyes rolling up into the back of her head, just in the trunk. And that prompts an entire scene of, of vomiting and, oh my god, what's going on? And they're, you know, they're <laughs> obviously, now is the best time, now that we have gotten to the point where we fi- find our first dead body, now is the best time for everybody to split up and somebody's going to go upstairs and take a shower. Why? Why are you going to take a sh- You just found a dead girl in a trunk. Just I'm found a dead a girl shower. in a trunk. I feel icky. I touched the trunk. <sighs> so... She goes up to take the shower. Obviously, that prompts what? 
them, the guys come back, the girl gets kidnapped, and they start torturing the girl. Which, you figure, by any other horror movie trope, that means we got a dead girl, right? Yep. No. 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 We don't have a dead girl. This girl does not die. She she is suffocated, she is tortured a little bit, and then randomly dropped from the ceiling in a plastic bag when everybody gets back to the house. Where did the hatch from the ceiling come from? Like, what kind of house is designed with a hatch in the ceiling? How did they not notice it? Like, the open hatch? You know, there's... Like, okay, so they, they clearly saw the guy looking through the ceiling when they were fucking in the bedroom. Right. Obviously, somebody... They had to get in some way. And, like, they were all definitely looking up when she mentioned the hole in the ceiling. <sighs> How y'all not see the fucking giant door right there? Because there's a certain amount of brain death stupid. just going on in this movie like everybody's stupid all right so i'm gonna go before we go ahead and discuss the rest of the movie because we're kind of jumping around all over the place and kind of talking yeah. about this talking about that we're gonna go ahead and let our sponsors speak for themselves and we'll be back for the second half of the uh, podcast where we'll finish up talking about this film the power of our sponsors compel you the power of our sponsors compel you the power of our sponsors compel you to do what? I have no fucking clue. About it. No, I don't want to be more aggressive. You gotta be more aggressive. The power of our sponsors compel you. The power of our sponsors compel you. The power of our sponsors. No, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't. Fucking fucking Jay Baruchel's whole scene in this is the end. You do it. <laughs> I can't be yelling right now. It is getting late and we have children. Exactly. Exactly. It's a, it's a Saturday and your child stays up late. My child my child took the uh, hike with me today. I'll sure that. Anyway. Forgot about that. <laughs> Guess how awake he is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyway. Moving on. So we're going to just move back a little bit. We kind of got we got to the point where uh, one of the girls gets dropped from the ceiling because she has just been tortured. But before that whole scene, uh, shortly before, you know, the guys storm out of the room, there's this point where Steve hands Jamie a gun. And she goes, I don't know how to use this thing. And he literally press, just pushes the gun down and goes, improvise. It's so dumb. Why? Why would you do that? First of all, point and shoot. The gun that he Improvise. gave you? Yes, improvised. I fucking hate men sometimes. She's just going to throw the gun at someone. Seriously? <laughs> Improvise, my ass. Anyway. You didn't show her how to take the safety off? You would think that that would be a good idea. I'm guessing that these guys don't use guns with safeties. Or they don't have safeties on at all times. Ever. Ever. Like, there's never been a safety put on ever. I mean, it is the 80s. So. And then these guys go out into the barn to go after the screaming to see what happens, and they find this whole uh, closed-circuit television set up with a chair and all sorts of di different implements for, for committing acts of torture, and then they see the two-way glass, and they just stare at it for a while. <laughs> yeah. And then without a thought in their minds, they decide, we're just going to destroy all of the equipment. Yeah, because that makes fucking sense. Just get rid of all the fucking evidence. Destroy Jeez. all the equipment. Shoot everything. This girl was supposedly screaming behind the, uh... Wait, did they shoot? Did they Did they do that at that point, or did they do that when they went to go find the girl? Their friend. No, they did that when they went to go find their friend. And they came in, and the closed-circuit television setup was all set up, and they decide they're just going to shoot the entire place up. Obviously, the girl's not there. She is just on the closed-circuit television, right? Yeah. There's two-way glass. And they think, well, obviously, two-way glass, what, we're, what are we going to do? We're going to shoot up whatever room might be behind the two-way glass. How the fuck do they not know that she's not behind there? Right? Like, they just decide, we're going to destroy the entire room because we can't find you. We're going to shoot everything. We are men. We are angry because we don't understand what's going on. I didn't understand that part. Why are we just shooting up the entire place, destroying the equipment. You obviously haven't looked hard enough to make sure that the girl isn't in the place. Right? Fucking shit, man. I don't know. They don't understand how to handle their emotions. It's the 80s. I could understand, like, taking a sledgehammer to the equipment <laughs> the or just... The excuse for everything 
all the questions in this movie is the same. It's the 80s. It's the 80s. I don't think that they thought about what would be... Is this a good idea? Is this is this supposed to be a good idea? Like, is shooting up the whole place a good idea? No, I think they were just thinking, what would look cool at the time? <laughs> we don't get to backtrack now, because we can only do this once. Very manly men. Men, 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 manly men, men, men. <laughs> Not so much. So, they end up going back to the house, and everybody's just sort of staring up at the ceiling. Big open hatch in the ceiling, looking around, listening for noise. And, lo and behold, Sue gets dropped through the ceiling. Wait, was it Sue or was it Trish that gets dropped through the ceiling? I don't remember it's any Trish. of their basic-ass names. It's Trish that gets dropped through the ceiling. Okay. Uh, so Trish gets dropped through the ceiling, and you think she's dead. Okay? Because, obviously, girl gets dropped by her ankles in a plastic bag through the ceiling. On her head. You think, well... You know, that's going to snap her neck. Right. Well, no, no, she didn't get dropped on her head. She was tied by the ankles. So, just the sheer force of being dropped three floors by your ankles? Yeah. I mean, this girl's already in a cast. So, I guess one ankle's safe, but the other ankle, you're getting another cast tomorrow. Just saying. That's if you make it through the night. If you make it through the night. I think that the most disappointing part of this movie, the biggest disappointment... Is that, is that more? Not everyone died. More people didn't die. The only person that died is is Rip standing up in the back of the jeep doing his victory. Yeah, yeah we did it. We yeah, got away. We, we, we won. We got and then crossbow. Okay, you blew up a truck. You you made a bit of a mess. That doesn't mean that you won or you got away. You trespassed. You fucked in some random person fucking hillbilly inbred bullshit bed. You didn't look for dead bodies when you were looking for your friend in the torture cabin. You didn't look for dead bodies when you blew up the truck. You just assumed everything's fine and we're going to get away. <laughs> so Rip deserved to die, you yeah. know? I mean, a lot of them deserved to die, kind of. They seem to have forgotten all the instincts that they were supposed to have honed while doing their weekend warrior thing. Right. You know? Supposedly y'all have been training for this shit for like months. <clears throat> You can't tell those guys are not dead? Well, we didn't have to check for real dead people. We were just shooting them with blood capsules, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, uh, right? <laughs> and then we just kind of moved throughout the rest of the movie. They, they, the guys, sorry, the guys that are after them, the, the hillbilly redneck torturers, descend upon them through several different means. The well, first one being blocking their path with a tree so they can't escape. A tree... That, by the way, had the five people that were still alive gotten out of the car and just simply fucking moved the thing, they would have been fine. Right? They didn't knock over a giant sequoia. It was a fucking little tree, at best. Small. Enough that five people could have moved it with no problem. Three, okay. Facts. Four and a half people, because of course Trish has the cast. Uh, yeah, right. And then they just proceed to be stalked through the woods. Everybody stay together. I have to tie my shoes. Okay, catch up with us later. Oh my god. Why? Why? What? How does that make sense? Catch up with us later. Clearly someone's hunting y'all bitches. Why the fuck would you walk away? You're fucking stupid. Or he knew that he shit was gonna happen. He was like, uh uh-huh, go fuck yourself. They don't use logic in this movie at no, all. Nobody uses logic in these fucking movies. The kind of logic from... You know, you, the, the leader of the group says, stay together, everybody. And then the lead girl decides, I'm going to bend down and tie my shoes. I'll catch up with you in a minute. Is the same logic they used for, you know what? Why don't you go over to the freezer and see if there's any steaks to cook up? Uh-huh. Okay. I get that that was supposed to be a moment for, for them to find the head in the freezer. Okay. But if Why you... Why would you go looking through a random fucking person's freezer for steaks? If it's cabin in the woods and they have steaks in the freezer, then you better not fucking touch that because they worked hard for that steak. Not just that. That is their own kill and they will kill you. But why would you go into the freezer in general for a frozen steak when you are fairly certain there are people trying to fucking kill you? Do you know how long it takes to cook a steak? Because logic. No, it makes no sense. (laughs) <laughs> anyway, they didn't use a lot of logic in this film there, there, There's a <sighs> Logic is a foreign concept They used 
kind of interesting things. I liked the little little punji pit that they had with all the spikes. You know, it looks like these guys might have had, as redneck as they might have been, they had a little bit of maybe military training for what they were doing. They had little booby traps set up here and there. They had dynamite, yeah. all sorts of stuff. Uh, I mean, they're living in the woods. They got to know how to set traps. I don't think they're living in the woods. I think that they actually, this cabin, whoever lived there and their guests may have been victims of these guys out in the, uh, these guys that got killed. Was it like two guys? Maybe? Yeah. Okay. So th- these two redneck bumpkins that got themselves killed. And one of them is killed. still alive. Huh? And one of them is still alive. That would have made... the very end? Was there three? Was there, there three? three? Did the guy that got electrocuted not die? Or was it there, there are actually three guys? I think there was actually three guys. I'm not sure. I know that there was a person at the end and it gave you, like, the scary whole fucking, oh, it's not over bullshit. Ah. Uh, well, it is, because, I mean, you know, Thank how many... fucking God, it's over. How many decades and we haven't seen zero boys, too? Less than zero. <sighs> That's the only way you could have gone with that. So, apparently, you know, the... the uh, I don't even know how to how to continue with that, really. They're being stalked through the woods by a guy in a machete. They've set booby traps up everywhere. You know, obviously there was a one of the uh, the trip traps that basically got them tied up by their uh, their ankles. Uh, you had the punji pit trap, and of course our uh, our favorite scream queen uh, Kelly Maroney uh, managed to get a guy. I don't understand how this works. I, basic the basic uh, function of a uh, stun gun which is what that was. Um, I don't think it has enough power in it to electrocute an entire pond. I don't think so either. Maybe if you had dropped like a a high-power cable into the lake, you could have gotten something similar to that. But an electric stun gun, no. No. They needed to improvise. Well... Again, I think they were just looking for cool effects. Uh, This is obviously a cartoonish kind of movie that uh, you have to suspend your belief in reality a little bit to be able to let them get away with a few things. I find myself having to suspend my belief in reality a lot lately. You have to suspend your belief in reality just to be part of this podcast, period. Yeah, true. (laughs) How the hell did I end up here? What the hell? (laughs) So I said I was going to give my rating to this movie at the beginning. I didn't quite do that. You you, get, you gave it like a, what, a 2.6? 2.5. 2.5. Uh, which is less than the uh, average that they have on IMDb. People gave this a 5.3. As much as I like bad movies, I'm not going to watch Zero Boys again. For once through playability just for the humor of how bad everything was i would maybe yeah. give it a 4.5 just for a if you're talking about a once through you had a bad experience on top of it because you were also dealing with tubi uh which, oh my god it was so bad yeah i kept kicking you out you had chromecast problems so you've already got a movie that's not exactly the easiest movie to watch to begin with it was so fucking hard to sit through <laughs> And it was, it, yeah, it was pretty, it was, it was bad. Uh, that's why I gave it a 4.5. There's some pretty bad movies that I've rated a lot higher than that. Yeah. But when we're talking once through playability, I can give it a 4.5. Rewatching it, 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 it drops much lower than that. I can't, I can't rewatch this. Yeah, that's where I was at. So I think that, uh, oh, hello there. There's Fredo again. <laughs> Sorry, guys. It's okay. It's okay. Your bo- I'm telling you, your boyfriend should just be part of the podcast and we don't have to yell at him. He you know? should, but he doesn't want to. Well, then uh, stop interrupting. Anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the whole film in general, I don't know who. I think that this was written by four separate people. They all There's four separate people that have writing credits on this film. Halfway through, they were all like, fuck this shit. Including the director himself. So we have Robert Gilliam, uh, Nico... Mastrokis, I believe that's what his last name is. He's a, a, a Greek uh, director, writer, so on and so forth. And then Fred Perry. Uh, so those were the three main writers for the script. But it, it became very apparent to me that three writers might have been a little too much or possibly not enough. Yeah, right. Uh, they obviously, with all three of them being there, they were like, this is a good idea, this is a good idea, this is a good idea. They didn't have anybody... To tell them, no, that's a fucking horrible idea. What are you doing? 
Facts. And I don't know. They just... They could have done a lot better. They had a decent idea. Well, they had a very short period of time to film this in. So for for the fact that they could only film this with 18 days time, that they had to have it done in 18 days, this is not a bad film if you consider how little time was put into it. I don't know. It was still pretty bad. Okay, I'm not... Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm giving you outs. Like, it's not a Even bad movie if you consider a, a, B, C, D, all the way through Z. Because there's that many things you have to consider to make this not a bad movie. Uh, the the score, I, I mean, I enjoyed the, the, the composition behind it. You know, it provided the proper amount of tension. It's just that the chemistry between the actors provided, like, nothing. It was just silliness. Yeah. Uh, and not for nothing, not for nothing, killing Rip, Larry should have been the one that died. Dude, honestly, right? Well, Larry had no charisma whatsoever. At least Rip had a little bit of charisma. He could carry some scenes, you know? Uh, Yeah, but he was still kind of an asshole. He was an asshole, but he wasn't a boring asshole. Yeah, true. Okay. (laughs) Um, You got me there. Larry was was just sort of the yes guy to to Steve's, you know, alpha leader. fuck it, yeah. As much of an alpha leader as, as, as Steve could be, anyway. Ugh, God, I hate fucking people that call themselves alphas. I, did he call himself an alpha? I think he just called he himself... A, like one. He called himself a loser that got better. That's pretty much what I got from him. We were losers, yeah. and now we're not really losers. Like, we are the kings of paintball, which is, like, not that high <laughs> up on the scale, really. We are the kings of paintball, and we know how to use real weapons, too. Okay. Sure. Okay, buddy. Okay. Um, go back to your airsoft weapons, because <laughs> c- question: these guys who who managed to shoot up an entire barn, uh, they handed the Uzi off to the girl who just shot everything in sight. And that whole time she was struggling. Uh, the whole time she was struggling. Why the fuck didn't anybody fucking jump this guy? Honestly, I have absolutely no idea. There's like, what, three or four of you in one spot? Fucking... But I was, I was thinking about it. The guys that they killed, the kills were not done by any of the Zero Boys. Nope. The boys did it's nothing. The Literally, the boys got killed. The girls were the ones that saved the day. Again, Kelly Maroney gets one of the most important kills in the entire movie. Okay? She killed Machete Guy, uh, Joe yep. Estevez. So, I have no idea. The Zero Boys, as far as I'm concerned, are still dead zeros. They did nothing to save the girls outside of, of posed like they soldiers. They put them in more danger. They kept isolating them by themselves. Fucking like they're, they're full of shit. Right. They're they're probably. I mean, I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping that Jamie, like after all this was done, was just like, you know what, Steve? Fuck you. You and Larry go to hell. I'm taking the girls with me. Right. This is the. This is probably the best movie to explain why a girl uh, decided to do away with men for the rest of her life. <laughs> well, she had Casey at the beginning of the movie, and ended up with Steve at the end of the movie. At this point, I'm thinking to myself... Everyone's just a fucking disappointment for this girl. You know what, Trish? I like you a lot better than them. <laughs> Honestly. But aren't men, in general, in really bad 80s movies, just a disappointment to begin with? Always. 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 I mean, you, you think back to some of the other movies that we've watched. I mean, all the guys in Chopping Mall were just massive disappointments and emotional wrecks. <laughs> you know, the the guy from fucking, uh, what, a Dead Time Stories? The Creepy Rapey Uncle? Oh my god! <laughs> was horrible. <laughs> I hated it. We watched a lot of really... Every single guy in, in Attack of the Killer Clowns. Just I didn't horrible. watch that one. Yeah, you did. Did I? Yes, you watched that with us. That was one of the first movies that we did for the podcast. That we're on year three of the podcast. Oh my god, I don't remember. <laughs> it's been that long. Yes. Uh, uh... You don't remember? Uh, that was one of the reasons why we started doing uh, Seth's hate mail because of the the the, uh, the one oh, line that sure he had. I, I was off. For the the Killer Clowns episode, you don't remember what he said. I I, I swear you were there. I definitely am ninety eight percent sure that <laughs> I didn't watch Killer Clowns. Oh, okay. Well, 
shit. Okay, that, uh, well, that's mildly disappointing, maybe. Uh, <laughs> uh, I could have sworn you were part of that podcast. Maybe that was too early. Maybe we, we did a couple of episodes where it was just me, Omar, and, and, and Seth before uh, we brought you in. Uh, probably. But I could have sworn that you were you were definitely part of that, which now that's going to bother me a little bit because I'm going to have to look it up. That being said, there are a lot of really, really bad guys in most of these bad 80s movies we watch. Like, you can get some good guys in a few of the newer, kind of better movies that we've watched, but for the most part, bad guys are just bad guys, you know? Yeah. All right, I mean, honestly... The fact that we were able to talk about this film for almost an hour surprises the hell out of me. Jesus fucking Christ. This was this was genuinely genuinely painful. painful. And I am disappointed that I spent the $14 that I did on a Blu-ray for this. <laughs> like I feel that is $14 that I could have invested a lot better somewhere else. I watched uh, this twice on Hubi. Uh Hubi. I was thinking Hulu and tried saying Tubi and yeah. Hubi or not Tubi. Um, I watched this twice on Tubi with all the fucking commercials and all that bullshit. It was... See, that's dedication right there. Agonizing. <laughs> that, that's dedication. So, this uh, this film, as far as I'm concerned, it's not something I would recommend Such to anybody. Dick. Unless you're like a, a, a completionist on, on uh, the Hans Zimmer compo- things that Hans Zimmer composed... Or uh, Kelly Maroney as a, as an actress. I wouldn't bother watching this. Please don't. No. We watched it so you don't have to. This this is something I will rank as that that's that goes right up there with just a handful of movies we've watched. Some movies are I would recommend. Go ahead and watch it. It wasn't terrible. It wasn't great, it wasn't terrible. This movie is just terrible. It sucks. The only redeeming quality that the Blu-ray had was the fact that there was an interview with the director of the film. And the interview was done comedically by the director. <laughs> so basically, the director interviewed himself as as two hilarious. different people. So he played the interviewer, and he is the interviewee, and it was just going back and forth, basically him kissing his own ass for this movie. <laughs> That's fucking great. Uh, so that was the only redeeming quality that entire thing had, was that this this director is absolutely hilarious by himself. It doesn't show in this movie. Not even remotely. <laughs> they should have added it in in, like, the end credits. Well, th- it was uh, only done recently for the Blu-ray release of this movie. Blah. So, I mean, I could see them maybe doing it as, like, a, you know, one of those late-night special features like they do on, like, USA, so on and so forth. And you could because there was literally no blood in this movie. No <laughs> TNA whatsoever. So all the basic tropes of, uh really bad 80s cinema were pretty much gone oh there was there was uh three separate guys so we had the you had the guy that dies in the punji pit okay and you so had there the, were three guys yes, i was right the guy that died in the punji pit you had the guy that uh was electrocuted and then one guy that they really didn't have to deal with too much they just sort yeah, of escaped he just like stayed out on his own and explained that oh well you didn't get them all well that fucking sucks right why would you why would you leave this open for another movie? And like, then never make another movie. <laughs> what about what about the? I hate that shit where they like leave it open for a fucking sequel and then they don't make the sequel, even as bad as it was. Just finish it. Well, you know, it wasn't as uh, as commonplace back then as it is now. Yet usually when they try to, they they kind of leave it open because they feel the movie's going to make enough. This movie was really, really bad, so the only reason to leave it open is if direct-to-video sales were decent. Yeah. And I'm guessing that because I haven't seen anything regarding Zero Boys ever up until I found that Blu-ray, I'm guessing that the straight-to-video sales for this were probably pretty shit. I mean, you could look up the scene. There's a sequel. There isn't. There is a Google. There, there is no sequel to the Zero Boys. Okay, we already looked that up. Yes, I've, I've done enough research to know that. I uh, didn't do that, research. and I don't do I don't do a lot of research, but I did do enough research to know that there is no yeah, Zero really Boys start two. Doing that, I really should start doing that. I thought that was the whole yeah. I thought that was the whole purpose. We've we've started researching stuff so that yeah, we can right? add a little meat to the movie. I was looking up like little details earlier. But 
nothing of like importance in everything you've already said. I sat down and did a little bit of research. You know, I looked through the Wikipedia and the IMDb, and there's not a lot about this movie. Then you like you were talking to me about it last weekend, and then I I thought like fucking I don't know why my brain was like don't repeat things you've already said. You know what the problem I can't is though? If it was me that said it. The the problem is that this particular movie there is so little about it yeah. that I don't know. I mean, it's like it's like this was done and then just people were embarrassed to have been part of it. And then you I saw <laughs> the interviews on the Blu-ray with specific actors and actresses and they were like, "Oh, this was a great movie and I had so much fun making this and and this guy was great and I, you know, I was sitting here I'm I'm like, "Okay, so you had a lot of fun making this movie, but nobody was really honest about how bad this was at all. Like, nobody was honest about how bad that was. You're I'm just ready to scream at the at the chat. Ah, okay. Either way, I think I we're going to go... I don't know if you heard that, that, that whole... Oh, was he, was he taking a deep breath? Yeah, that was a deep breath. I thought something, like, fell in the kitchen or some shit, and then I looked at him and he was getting right, getting mad. Okay, well, for the people that can't actually see what's going on in the video chat here, we're going to go ahead and end the podcast. But before, I just want to explain that uh, I believe that Mr. Fredo is still playing uh, Warzone. Yeah. Yes. And he got a little bit, um, he got a little angry at the chat, and so he's probably going through the Lamaze technique right now. Just, oh, yeah. Sh- 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 you know. Well, not at the chat, at the game. Just at the game? At the game. At the game. Okay. Uh, he's angry at the game. So. As soon as we turn this off, he's going to start yelling. I'm just going to say, I'm, I'm glad that we did this podcast. Hopefully it'll serve as a warning to anybody that might come across <laughs> this movie that don't waste the money on the Blu-ray. As much don't as I love it. As much as I love Arrow Entertainment, don't waste your money on the Blu-ray. Do not, for the love of God, watch this movie on Tubi or any place else that it might be available. Fuck no. <clears throat> Honestly, if you have Tubi, just get rid of it. Uh, it's not worth it. It is for certain things. I, I, well, so I fucking annoying. I basically put Tubi on while, while I'm working at home, and I'll just let like random movies run in the background because it'll start one movie, and then it will just keep playing, and it won't stop. <laughs> so for See, an eight-hour shift... is completely the opposite. It just turns off on its own in the middle of the fucking shit. I think that's more about your Chromecast than Tubi. It doesn't happen with literally any other streaming device, though, or a streaming service. Right, but like I said, I think it's more of the compatibility with the Chrome, the the, the Chromecast. Oh, uh, true. Uh, I'll guarantee you, if you were to run Tubi on the PS4, it wouldn't do the same thing. Well, uh, I'm not going to do that. Well, you, <laughs> I'm I'm just saying, test it out sometime. Test it out sometime. I'll bet you that you won't have any problems. Honestly, if I have to watch it on Tubi, I'll just watch it on my phone. I won't even cast it. I mean, if, if if I'm entirely honest, I think that the problem is that, like, with places like Tubi, with sites like Tubi that are free to use to begin with, they do little to make sure that it's compatible all the way across the board. It's like, yeah. you use it the way you use it. It's not. I'm not going to spend all the money trying to, you know, trying it's to... It's so annoying. Yeah, it's it's very annoying. So yeah, I don't think that uh, Tubi really spends a lot of money trying to make sure they're compatible with your Chromecast. They don't care. Watch it on your phone, watch it on your PS4, we don't need you to project anything. Having compatibility issues, that's your problem. I stand by my statement, though, Tubi fucking sucks! (laughs) Hey, it's a free... It's like uh, watching voodoo things free with ads. Yeah. Or prime things free with ads. They do free with ads everywhere now. I know, and it's so fucking annoying. I'd rather just pay for the fucking movie. I'm paying for Prime and Netflix and Hulu so that I don't have to watch ads on cable. Exactly! Exactly. So, with that, on my on behalf of myself and Miss B, we're going to go ahead and uh, check out of the podcast this evening. Thank you for your time. Go ahead and... Uh, drink some fucking water, you thirsty bitches. <laughs> drink some water, you thirsty bitches. And please, don't forget to look us up on Facebook. We are on Twitter. We are on Tumblr. We are basically uh, we're we're on Pinterest, Reddit. You know, you can find us anywhere podcasts are broadcast. Outside of the handful that we can't get into yet, because well, it's a low budget fucking podcast, and we are not exactly up there in the elite Joe Rogan area right now. No, <laughs> uh, but we will uh, see you uh, next weekend with our next movie. My brain is hemorrhaging right now from the excessive exercise. 
Alright, yeah. night, guys! And drink some water, you thirsty bitches. Wait, wait, no, we already did that. Uh, yeah, good night.